everyone, and welcome back to our Golden Twenties. My name is Tegan, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sadie. And Hi. today we're going to talk about all of the things that no one tells you about post-grad life, which I feel like we might get passionate about because we love talking about work and... I don't know. We hope this will resonate because we're creeping up to graduation time. But Mm -hmm. before we get into that topic, we wanted to start with a Tuesday 10, which I feel like we haven't done in a while, but maybe we have. I don't know. It's basically we share (laughs) our top 10 favorite things that we have been loving recently. Old school youtuber favorites style (laughs) and we try to influence you so without being paid a commission yeah well exactly yeah (laughs) I wish that should be my goal for like next year is like to actually be paid to talk about these things but no we genuinely love these things so Sadie do you want to start us off with your five of the ten Yes, I would love to. I feel like my list is a little bit all over the place, but that's okay. It's just I haven't really been like watching, listening to, or reading things that are like Mm. stand out amazing. You know what I mean? So mine are a lot of like products and a little random, but first thing on my list actually isn't that random. And I probably talked about it before. You guys know that I'm in a spring cleaning frenzy over here. And I'm in a rental apartment that is very white. Mm -hmm. So my number one thing on my Tuesday 10 is Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. (laughs) Love it. Again, I feel like people are like, okay, no, this girl has to be paid to talk about this because (laughs) we're in our 20s and why is she so excited about Mr. Clean Magic Erasers? Guys, honestly, I just started using magic erasers like, I don't Mm -hmm. know the past few years and they're actually a game changer I first use them on my bathtub to get rid of like yeah years of built up like soap scum and like yeah you know shampoo conditioner all that crap and I was so amazed at how well it worked and now I use them everywhere like I'm like scrubbing my backsplash around my stove and there's like like months of bacon grease on there you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's just like literally my favorite thing and I use it on everything everywhere in my house and it is the hero of spring cleaning so how to mention that first off the hop the rest are a lot more fun things starting (laughs) with the glow recipe watermelon glow sunscreen with SPF 50 this is a product that I just recently started trying and so far I'm loving it I feel like going into spring, summer with longer days, like honestly, I think the sun sets at like 8 p.m. these days and I am so here for it. But going into like summer months, it's even more crucial to have an SPF in your skincare routine. It already is crucial to like prevent early aging and whatnot. But I find a lot of face sunscreens clog my pores and Mm -hmm. break me out. However, this one, like I said, I think I've been testing it two-ish weeks now, wearing it every day and it does not do that. And it's an SPF 50, so, you know, the kind of redhead gals like me are into that high SPF. So that's definitely top of the list for products. Tag, you also got me hyped about hair care. I feel like the last (laughs) time we did talk about a – or do a Tuesday 10, like – 
80% of the products you talked about were hair care. Mm -hmm. So part of my spring cleaning my life was getting my hair cut. And while I was at the salon, I was like, hey, girl, my hair is quite dry. I'm trying to wash it less. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm hyped. I'm ready to splurge on some hair care products. What do you recommend? And she did recommend probably the most expensive (laughs) (laughs) product in the salon. But guys, I bought it because you know me. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And I'm loving it. Yeah. (laughs) So it is the Kerastase Nutritive eight-hour magic night serum hydrating treatment and essentially it's a three-in-one like it's kind of like a night or a sorry hair oil hair serum and that hair treatment and you can put it on dry hair damp hair whatever you put it on the night like at night sleep and then wake up and then your hair is just like so healthy looking and I feel like I've never gotten so many compliments on my hair as I have probably the last like two Mm. weeks since I got it cut. And I think the cut obviously helped because it just like has life. And every Mm. time I get my hair cut, it just like brings the color back and, you know, all that. But this hydrating treatment has been really, really great. I also love the way it smells. It also just like literally disappears into your hair it doesn't make your hair feel greasy doesn't even leave your hands feeling greasy after like rubbing it into your hands and then into your hair like Mm -hmm. it just vanishes and I love it so so much so like I said it is expensive you can buy it at Sephora though and get points so recommend you do that rather than the hair salon (laughs) but I definitely need to mention it next on my list kind of transitioning out of the products into food and drinks so I also recently splurged on a new wine and usually I'm the type of gal who you know spends like 12 14 on a bottle Mm. of wine nothing more I tried this Baden Sparrows wine which is Caitlin Bristrow's wine and I actually really really liked it it was I think like 25 dollars for the bottle but I heard good things about it and the packaging is so so cute so I was like why the heck not? Honestly, the day I tried it, I went to the library, got a library book, went to the LCBO on a Friday, went to the LCBO, got this bottle of wine, <laughs> came home, read my book and drank wine. And it was the best love Friday it. night ever. <laughs> so that probably also contributed to how much I loved it. But I got the Pinot Noir, which was really good. Mm-hmm. But there's also a Rosé, a Cab and a Pinot Grigio. So if you're looking for a new wine, I definitely recommend you check that out. I think it was especially good for like one of the celebrity wine brands. You know what I mean? I feel right, like the yeah. stakes are kind of, or the expectations are low there. So this one definitely over delivered. And then last on my list, I've been really loving dill pickle pretzels. <laughs> and I don't even know if you guys knew this was a thing. <laughs> no. Have you heard of this before? No. no right? And I love dill okay. pickle. So. Okay, girl, you have to get your hands on some of these because they're so good. I'm a dill pickle chips kind of gal. I'm a pretzels kind of gal. Never would have thought of putting them together. But I recently picked up, the brand was called Twigs, and they were the zesty dill pickle craft pretzels, and I'm obsessed. Like, I could eat the whole bag in just one sitting. They're so good. It's Mm. like if you're a salty, like, snack person, you have to try these because, again, I wouldn't have thought of dill pickle pretzel, <laughs> but I had it. I'm also that friend that tells everybody, like, at, like everybody, I'm like, you have to go to the grocery store and buy this. We've heard how much I love my grocery store, <laughs> but I like text all my friends, my sisters, my mama is like, you guys have to try these. They're that good. So now I'm sharing it with the mm. podcast listeners. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah. And that is the end of my five items to kick off our list of 10. (laughs) Yes. Love it. I guess I'll hop into my five, which are all, I feel like, very fresh to me. Like, I don't know when the last time we did a Tuesday 10, but all of these are within, like, the last two weeks, I'd say. Mm, But I am just, yeah, I am hyped about all of them. So, (laughs) great. My number one is the TV show Our Flag Means Death, which is a new HBO max show and it's about pirates and it's written and produced by taika watiti who i am a little bit in love with and he stars in the show and he wears a leather crop top and (laughs) it just makes me happy and i'm gonna leave it at that (laughs) that's enough to hook me like yeah all right i'll start watching tonight. it's only i think 10 episodes and they're like less than half an hour it's cute. It kind of reminds me of Shit's Creek in the like feel good vibe area. So mm, we love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to bully all of my family and friends into watching it. And now you listeners. So you yeah, better you all watch it. HBO Max? Yeah. So, so like in Crave? Canada, it's on Crave. Yeah. Okay. And it hasn't been renewed for a season two. So this is why I'm bullying everyone. Because I'm like, if enough people watch it, (laughs) then they'll have to renew it. But, okay, this is me going down a rabbit hole. But it apparently has had the fastest growth from only word of mouth. Because at this point in the fiscal year, we're at the end of HBO's fiscal. So they haven't been putting money into advertising. So this show has grown completely organically. And it beat ted lasso which had the same kind of wow so now it is in more demand than euphoria which had a big marketing push yeah and it's all from social media and word of mouth so that's cool also if you're a nerd like me yeah the next thing on my list is a book which i have been in a reading slump lately i read like 10 Mm. books and then I hit the middle of March and just like completely fell off and stopped reading, which I hate, but it's what it is. And so yeah, literally last night I was like, no, enough of this. I'm going to just pick a random book. So the book I picked was The Love Hypothesis. And I read it all in last night, like in one sitting. Oh, my goodness. I love that. So that, I think my slump's cured, I hope, at least. Mm -hmm. But it's just like one of those books, like I'm not going to say it's this great feat in literature, but if you want, (laughs) I don't know, a book to get you out of a reading slump, it was like a romance and it's the trope of like grumpy person meets sunshine person, that kind of idea. But it was very Mm -hmm. cute and a quick read and I just really liked it, so... Yeah, I think it has really high rating on Goodreads, like almost five stars because I've been looking into it, but I'm putting off buying it. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's like one of those I'll read it once, be like, oh, that was cute and it'll sit on the shelf forever. So I've been trying to get it from the library, but it's hard out of every single branch. Like, yeah, but that just goes show high demand. People are loving it. Yeah, I I really liked it. Apparently, uh, I don't know why I have to go on like a nerdy rant about all of my top 10, but apparently it is started as Star Wars fan fiction. 
which I did not know oh reading gosh. it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, go <laughs> off girl. Like, yeah, get that money for writing about Adam Driver. Cause same. That is so funny. So yeah, that's an interesting lens, I think, to read it through because they mentioned some Star Wars stuff and I was like, oh, mm. I see what you did there. But that's not why I read it. That was a random fact. I just happened to yeah. learn. But interesting. Anyways, <laughs> my third item is also a sunscreen, and mine is the La Roche-Posay Anthelios. I don't know. That's not how you say it, but whatever. Tinted mineral sunscreen. And so this kind of blew up on TikTok last year, and I could not buy it anywhere, which was annoying. But finally this year, it came back into stock at Shoppers Drug Mart, which for the Americans, that's like our CVS. And I bought it and I really, really love it. First off, it's Mm. tinted, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. make your face all white and I've also heard that tinted sunscreens are more effective but I don't know why I just heard that so if that's true good for me and it I don't wear foundation on the day-to-day because I find that it breaks out my skin and I also find that sunscreen breaks out my skin but I've been using this as a foundation and my skin has been great so I am very, very happy with it. It doesn't like smell like sunscreen. It's not greasy. It just literally goes on like a foundation. But I think mine's like SPF like 40 or something. Like it's Mm -hmm. somewhat high for a product like that. So yeah, I really love that. It's a bit expensive. Like a lot of these higher end SPFs I feel like are expensive. So it is a bit expensive. But I think of if I was buying a cheap sunscreen and a foundation it's definitely Mm -hmm. cheaper than that so yeah yeah been loving that next on my list is actually inspired by you Sadie it's the Noda guided journals which you got me one as a Christmas gift you got me the gratitude guided journal And I've really, really been loving it. Like I was never a big journaler. I'd have to like force myself to journal at the beginning of each month. But this was a daily journal. And for some reason, it's just like that clicked with me and I've really been enjoying it. So I just picked up a new one because I've almost filled up my gratitude journal. And so I purchased the wellness journal, which has you journaling in the morning and the night. And... Yeah, I'm hyped to start it. It's kind of similar to the like five minute journal, which are Mm. like all over TikTok and Instagram. But I've actually heard like I've never used a five minute journal, but I've heard that the binding can fall apart and it's for a $30 journal can feel cheap. Whereas the journal I just bought was $15 and mine like I've used to the end and it is still fully together intact. So yeah. I wanted to throw those out there. I'm so glad you loved it. I remember standing in Indigo looking at all the journals and being like, which one do I think Tegan will like? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because it's like kind of very like a personal thing, you know? And like everyone I feel like is like, yeah, I should journal. But like you said, it really, there's so many different ways to journal and like the format and everything like can differ for what works person to person. So I'm glad you found what worked. I'll have to look into the other ones. I vaguely yeah. remember when you said the wellness one, I vaguely remember looking at that one, but 
I don't really remember what it looks like, so I'll have to yeah. look into it more. Yeah, the gratitude journal, it's like, what's what was your favorite part of the day? What are three things you're grateful mm-hmm. for? And what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And then at the end of a week, they have a section that's like, what made this week good? What could have made it better? Blah, blah, blah. And so mm-hmm. the wellness journal has like, how are you feeling when you're going to bed? A section to write about your dreams, a section to write about like your goals for the day, what you're looking forward to tomorrow. So it's kind of like building off the gratitude journal, Mm. but with more content. So that's why I went for it. But I know like they have a fitness one that has like trackers in it. They have all different kinds. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then the very last thing on my list is all of the new Cottage Springs flavors, which I don't know if they have Cottage Springs in America. If you don't have it, I'm sorry because it's delicious, but it's a Canadian (laughs) seltzer brand and it's kind of similar to White Claws, I guess, but it only has one carb in each can and 100 calories and they taste delicious so Mm. I remember in a Tuesday 10 like months and months ago I talked about the vodka raspberry lemonade well they've come out with a whole line of different flavored vodka lemonades so I have like the classic vodka lemonade but now they have strawberry peach all different kinds they have a line of iced teas and it's just delicious and they taste like summer yeah. Which is nice. Like I had yeah. one this afternoon and then I was like, I just feel like I need to be like sitting in the backyard tanning to drink this. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. I heard White Claw also came out with some new flavors. So yeah. I have to give those a try too. Yeah. I picked some up, but I haven't tried them yet. I've had the watermelon, but they have some other ones I haven't tried. I know in America they've had them for a while and I'm jealous Mm. I also know like in America there's now a Bud Light that's zero carb which I really want to try they have like espresso Mm. martinis in a can which I also want to try and so our American listeners are like is Canada that depressing yeah (laughs) like yeah guys yeah yeah it's we we get things delayed but yeah yeah girl I feel like we're ready for summer between our sunscreens your cottage spring my dill pickle pretzels yeah we're ready for a picnic we're ready for kidding yeah just some warm weather hanging Mm -hmm. outside I love it speaking of warm weather it's almost graduation time for sure is any of our listeners who are doing that college, university life, mm-hmm. which I'm jealous. I feel like the vibes in April were like immaculate because I was just always so excited. And summer in college and university, you get four months instead of like two when you're in high school. So, mm-hmm. And none when you're a working adult. (laughs) I know. That's the worst part. The first Friday of patio season and I'm sat at my desk working. I'm like, why am I doing this? What's the point? Yeah. Can't focus. Nothing. It's like, I'm not even working. I'm just like, my head is in the clouds. I'm on a patio mentally. Like, who are we trying to fool here? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I do think too, like, as much as, you know, the college university life is so exciting, but 
I feel like at the end of your program, if it's three, four years, however long, even if you're older, maybe than us and you're still in school, but you're just like graduating now, like I think it's exciting to look forward to a new chapter and to leave school behind you and, you know, start working full time. But I do think that there's not really much talked about the identity crisis that happens there. Mm. Like it's such a change in lifestyle. It's a change in just like I don't know, responsibility in a lot of cases. And for a lot of people, it's the first time you're really self-sufficient, doing your own thing, and you can do literally anything you want to do, you know? So it can become overwhelming. And I feel like it can also become isolating because in school, you're put with other first years, you know, and then you figure it out together where when you leave school and you're Mm -hmm. just figuring out you know, a job on your own or figuring out a job or living on your own. Like yeah. a lot of the time it can feel like you're doing this all on your own. You're not with that force to be with those like-minded people or whatever. So I think it is important to talk about. And I feel like mm. that's kind of where we want to go with this episode. Reassure yeah. you if you're feeling these things or you're feeling off and you can't identify why, like hopefully this resonates with you and hopefully you just know that you're not alone. Like this is a big pivotal moment and it's okay to feel that way, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like part of the problem is too, that there's such an expectation of what life looks like when you graduate. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if this is perpetuated by like movies and TV shows or Instagram or wherever it is, but it's like the thought is, okay, college is done. So that means I go off and I get a great job and I have an amazing apartment in the city and I have a paying job. So now I have a cool new wardrobe and I go out every night with my friends because I don't have homework to do. And yes, this is what my life is going to be. When it's like, I can't think of a single person in my life who that's how their life turned out to be, you know, like, it, mm-hmm. and things aren't often as linear as your expectations are. And so maybe you do get a great job, but then you can't find a great apartment or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, or you get a great job, but it's not paying you well. So you don't get to go out every weekend with your friend. Like the expectations are so high and it, it, it makes sense because you're working hard for four years or five years, six years, however long you're in school but the work doesn't stop, unfortunately, mm-hmm. when you graduate. It's just a different type of work. Yeah. It reminds me of that line in Sex in the City where Carrie's like, in New York, you're always looking for a job, an apartment, or a boyfriend. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> honestly, that's not just New York City. It's like in your 20s, even yeah. probably into your 30s yep. and maybe into your 40s. Like, that's it exactly. Life's not linear. As soon as you have one thing and everything seems to be in place – something pops up and, you know, Mm -hmm. something has to be adjusted or something like that. So I think that's a great, a great spot to start. And I think for the people where it does look like their life is linear and things just work out for them, I feel like that can be, like you said, social media, maybe like making it look that way when it's not actually, or those people, it's not fulfilling to those people because they're just hustling and not enjoying the ride. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones that might burn out before they're 30, which I feel like that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, like 
even if it does look like some people's lives are working out, it doesn't mean that everything is sunshine and rainbows and they're ahead of you. Like, yeah, not at all. Well, or even like maybe this is specific to my experience, but as someone who graduated from film, there were a couple people in my grade who like, okay, got into the film industry right away, got apartments downtown Toronto killing it. And it was because their parents were in the film industry. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they're obviously living a different experience than the people who are like, I'm trying to forge my own way. And not mm-hmm. that one's more noble than the other, but it's like everyone's on a different journey. And yeah. like some people have student debt, some people don't. Some people are on their parents' cell phone plan, some people aren't. Like it, everyone's experience is different. And so that's why I feel like it's hard when the expectations are all the same, when everyone's life is going to turn out a different way. Yeah, definitely. I think you touched on this, but another shock I feel when you're no longer in school and starting to build your life on your own is just how expensive it is especially if your goal is to live in the city and I say the city as in it could be any major city near you for us it's Toronto and Toronto rent is insane like so insane also socializing like especially post-pandemic like yeah. It is so expensive to go out. And I know cities like Toronto, I've heard New York's the exact same way, where going out for drinks is and like socializing over dinner, like that's a key part to the culture. But that mm-hmm. is such an expensive thing to do. And I think why it's so expensive, especially when you're first graduating, is you're not probably making a hundred grand right out the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're funding this life off an entry level salary. And you probably also have student loans, or at least I did. I had student loans where it took me two years to pay them off. And that was through like aggressive payment plan. So I think that's a like hard truth nobody tells you. And if you're someone who doesn't have support from parents and doesn't really have a plan B, you have no choice but to make it work. It's okay if you're living with roommates until Mm -hmm. you're 30 or, you know, into your mid-30s even. Like, it's okay if that's your living situation. I also want to normalize, and I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing to normalize or not, but to be totally honest, like, how I did it was I had to have a second job, and it sucks, like, that that is normal, but if you're in that case where you're like, this is the life I want to live, but I can't afford to live it – like that was my mindset. So I was like, I'm going to have a second job and there's no shame in that. At least there wasn't like, because it was funding the life I wanted to live, or maybe it's monetizing a side hustle or doing, picking up, you know, small tasks and side hustles that your friends might shame you for or whatever. Like don't have, be embarrassed by that because we're kind of just doing what we need to get by and to live the life we want to live. Yeah. Even like there's no shame in when you graduating, moving back home, if that's an option to you, especially in Toronto, like my first job, most of the people I worked with were in their thirties and they were still living at home because of the way rent is in Toronto. And 
like if that's the path you decide to go down because you're like, I'm going to live at home until I pay my student debts or I'm going to live at home until I've saved X amount, like that's fine. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, even more normal nowadays than it was when we graduated, which wasn't that long ago, but I like to think. (laughs) But yeah, still, it's, I think, a good option for lots of people. And like you mentioned, living with roommates, living within your means, you're going to have an apartment that's maybe a little bit out of the city, but you get to live close enough that you can then work in the city or living in a really small apartment. Like I've lived in a basement apartment when I first moved to Toronto. I lived in a really tiny condo and it's like, that's just what you've got to do sometimes as much Mm -hmm. as it sucks that it's not the expectation of like the beautiful loft apartment, like you'd see in a sitcom. I still get to live in the city and work in the field I studied and enjoy all the perks of that so it it kind of comes down to what is the most important to you I think yeah 100% I saw this thing I think it was on TikTok and I just did a quick google to fact check but somebody said how they recently had the realization that in the first season of Friends the characters are only 24 years old or they're supposed to be 24 years old. And it's like, how validating is that? Because then they go on for like 10 years and it's at, you know, the end of the 10 year when they're in their thirties that they start getting married. They start, you know, buying a house, having kids. Like that really puts it into perspective because you might feel like, oh yeah, I'm still living with my parents or I'm still living with roommates and I'm 26 years old. But it's like, girl, that's fine. You're only in season two or season three of Friends. Like, you know, (laughs) I thought that was such a fun way to look at it. I also just, before we like transition off the money and expenses piece, I also want to just say that take Paying off your student loan takes a lot of discipline and it is discipline worth having. And I say that, I don't know how to word this properly, but I feel like it's easy to just pay the minimum payments. And I think it's normalized to pay your student loans into your thirties. Like if you've gone, you know, especially through multiple rounds of school and whatnot, it's easy to be like, Oh, I'll just pay the minimum payment and it'll take me however long it takes me. But guys, for me, it was so liberating to be like, no, I'm going to pick up a second job. I'm going to pay aggressive amounts every month and it's done in two years. Like it was a goal. And I feel like now that it's done and behind me, like now that's why I can afford to live on my own. And, you know, I don't have that debt hanging over me as I go into the second half of my twenties and it's liberating, but I feel like it was really hard to do. So if you're in that situation as a new grad, I think getting real about your finances and your financial goals is something you should spend time thinking about and like journaling out and talking to somebody about even and put in the work if it's going to be you know rewarding and help liberate you into the next phase of your life yeah I wanted to throw out too like this is kind of something we've touched on uh, earlier but things are expensive and so you can't just keep living your life like you are in college and university or at least like I was where it's like 
I'll spend my money and then, you know, it'll work out probably. It's just like when you get a job, you need clothes that you can wear to the job and mm-hmm. buying a lot of clothes is expensive. Partying's more expensive. Like when you're in college, you can go to a bar that's two steps away and has cheap drinks for, you know, students. Yeah, Whereas go to a house party, drink one yeah, beer, it's all good. <laughs> when you're on your own, it's like, okay, every time I go out, well, am I going to dinner? Okay, that's going to be 50 bucks. Am I getting drinks? Then I have to take transit. So that's three bucks each way. And oh, I need a new outfit and I need to text everyone to organize it. Like it, that kind of stuff. That's why it's so fun to like embrace it when you're in college and university, because when you're out, it is so much harder to organize, it is so much more expensive. And as much as it sucks to be like, yeah, once you graduate, you get like a bit more serious about that kind of stuff. It's kind of the reality about mm-hmm. it all. And it's the same with like student loans. You're like, yeah, I'll worry about that when I worry about it. But then it's like, okay, once you're getting your paychecks and you're trying to pay to go out on a Friday night, you kind of have to be serious about it and come up with a plan. Yeah, definitely. And I think in the like situation of student loans, for me, it was also, I didn't want this part of me once I was in a relationship, you know, if I met somebody and started thinking about like buying a house, having kids, like I didn't want to be like, Oh, by the way, I have X amount in student debt. Like, no, let's just deal with that. You know, like let's make that a priority. So it's not hanging over me and I can actually be like, I'm done with school. I don't owe the government anything for my schooling. Like this is actually, you know, a closed chapter and now it's on to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of the next thing, I think we can talk a little bit about employment Mm post-grad because obviously for a lot of people, you go to university or you go to college because you're trying to get a certain type of job. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, I know at least in my case, a lot of people I went to school with were like, yeah, once I'm done with this place, I'm going to be a film director for Marvel and it's like yeah that's a great goal but in reality finding a job period is pretty difficult Mm -hmm. and like I know we've talked in the past that kind of doing a job search is a full-time job in itself Mm -hmm. but it's a full-time job that you are not getting paid for and so the reality of it is that you might have to take a job that is not in the field that you studied to pay the bills while you continue to Mm -hmm. hustle for your dream totally and just to get experience as well like yeah I think in my case I was working I'll just like share a personal story because I feel like it is relevant but I was working part-time retail up until I graduated and essentially they were like we're hiring a full-time manager again at a retail store this is when I worked at Anthro and they were like would you be interested in the role like we'll hold it for you once you graduate Mm -hmm. you can start full-time and I feel like some of my friends looked at that being like well no you're gonna be graduating college like you can get a job doing what you actually want to do. You know, like you can go work in marketing, you can work in buying, product development, whatever. And in my mind, I was like, but this is a full-time job that I would be turning down. And yes, it's in retail, which I knew wasn't the end goal for me, but I was like, yes, I'll accept the job. So I 
literally graduated Friday or Thursday and started full-time on Monday. And Mm -hmm. while I was working full-time was when, like you said, Tag, it was really a job to pay the bills and like – I at least had income coming in to like fund my life as I got situated post-grad because I also just moved into a new apartment at that time. Like it was a lot, but then it took me maybe a couple months, which I was lucky, but in some cases it could take like a year or more to find a job in my field. But I never looked at that as like a, I'm above this. Like you know, I have a degree now I have this like qualification, like I'm above working full-time retailer working in waitressing or at a coffee shop. Like you're not above anything, you know what I mean? And sometimes you just have to take a job to pay the bills. And if you guys listen to our episode with Sarah back in January, she was a career coach. She said she's a big fan of just for now jobs and it's just jobs you take while you figure it out. And I think, that's exactly what that was for me. And it was also a stepping stone because mm-hmm. another big piece of this is you touched on this tag, but indirectly is you don't start with your dream job. Like if you want to be a director, a producer, if yeah. you want to be a CEO of a company, like you don't just walk out of school and into that role at a company one day, like you have to get experience and every job you take, even if it's those full-time retail jobs, the full-time waitressing, working at a coffee shop, like you are getting experience in, you know, working and even in like communicating and working with other people that will become critical and crucial for your success in your long-term career. So don't overlook that. Yeah. And you don't know who you're going to meet at that job or how it could set you up later in life. But like you talked about, this is maybe a stupid point, but you talked about how you had like a discount when you worked at Anthro and you bought a lot of clothes and they still last you. Like that's a Mm. kind of a crude I don't know statement about it but it's like that literally is showing how that job that you had is setting you up for the career you have now maybe in an obvious way because it's like you got close but it's like you can find situations like that all the time you don't know who you're running into or the connections you're making yeah so so no job this is kind of why I feel like you should always try and take your job seriously too yeah. Even if it's like a just for now job, that doesn't mean like you don't care and blow it off all the time because mm-hmm. you don't know who's there with you, the connections yeah. you're making. Yeah. I actually think that kind of goes into our next point about networking and mentors. Yeah. And honestly, when you're in school, I feel when it really began for me anyway. And if you're listening, you're like, okay, I didn't really prioritize networking in school. Like it's not too late if your career is just starting, like this Mm -hmm. is a great time. But view literally everyone you meet in a work setting as a network connection that can help you eventually get to where you want to go. And I think going back to what we're saying about, you know, people picking up second jobs and part-time jobs. A lot of people do this. So in my case at Anthro, there was a marketing manager at Tangerine Bank working there part-time for the discount. And it was like, well, I'm in marketing, you know, like, yeah, this is now a connection or going back to school, my professors ended up being a lot of mentors to me, which I'll touch more on mentors in a minute, but also they were connected to the industry. So they were able to like recommend me for jobs and, you know, it really becomes, or actually even from my second job to my third job, it was somebody I met at my second job, essentially like help recruit me to the third job. And, 
you just never know who you're going to meet, like you were saying, Tag. So view everybody you meet in a work instance, even customers. Like if you're working and serving customers, view your customers as a network because they might end up working for some crazy company that you want to work for down the line or be in a powerful position where they can hire you, but they know what kind of worker you are from dealing with you in a customer to like worker relationship. So don't overlook the power of networking. Yeah. Also for mentors, I think they play a huge role. And I think when you say the word mentors, people view it as something super formal, but it really doesn't have to be. It's just literally anyone you can lean on for career advice and probably typically somebody who's on the same path as you, who's gone through things and can give you actionable advice. I think in my case, I have the best parents, the best sisters, the best friends in the world. They're such a great support system for me. They always listen to me rant and, you know, provide their two cents, but they don't always know how to help me on the career front. They don't know, okay, well, this would be a strategic next move for you. So you should do this, or you should stay at this job, even though you hate it, because look at all of this that you're learning from it or whatever. So I feel like in my career, it often has become, like I said, my school professors at college were probably my first mentors and I still email them to this day but then it also became people I met at work if it was you know just one a girl who was one level above me who had been at the company a year or two longer than I had but knew the ins and outs of the office politics and she kind of advised me on that or if it was my boss who had like 20 years experience in the industry and like was helping me maneuver my career that way I feel like finding a mentor is so, so key, especially in the early stages of your career. Yeah, definitely. I think the next point we should touch on is how maybe like the expectations in school are so different than what they are in real life. Like when we were talking about how it might take a while to get a job in your field, like the expectations are that you're going to get out there and maybe you're like, all I want is to get a job in my field. But then as soon as you get that job, you'll be like, oh, actually I want a job that's more like this. You know what I mean? Like the expectations are always changing. Like I know for me, I was like, all I want is a job where I can edit. And then I got a job and I was editing wedding videos. And then it's like, oh, as soon as you start working, you're like, oh, do I want to be editing wedding videos? And so the expectations are always changing. And when you're in school, you're there to learn. And so you don't know what like the work experience is. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. normal. This is something we've talked about in an episode way back in the day, but sometimes what you thought was your dream job isn't actually your dream job. Once you start doing it, maybe you studied in a field that now you don't even want to work in. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, a pretty normal experience for a lot of people once they graduate. 100%. I think learning about something and doing it day to day in work is very different. And it's totally normal to pivot or like change directions after you do get some experience. This is something that I've had a lot of conversations about with my sisters and their boyfriends and it's really hard to explain but I'm gonna try and hopefully somebody (laughs) listening is like yes this is what I'm experiencing but it's also what you learn in school is very much 
in the perfect world, at least in yeah. my case, it was very much, this is how you market a campaign. This is how you edit a video. This is how, you know, like, yeah, this is how it's done. Then you get to the like corporate world or you start working and you realize what I learned in school was all hypothetical. Now that I'm working for a yeah. real company, you know, the, this is like actual money on the line. This is like time yeah. and resources. This is, you know, company culture. Like there's a lot that make up like my experience and it's not what I learned in school. So that's kind of where the disconnect can come in. And you're like, is this what I actually want to do? Yeah. But I think it's also important to realize that no matter how much you learn in school, you have a lot to learn when you're actually on the job as well and how everything you learn in school applies to the real life. And like, I hate mm-hmm. that, like the real world in quotations, <laughs> but it is a very real thing. Yeah. And I think especially as the younger generation, like Tegan and I are kind of like the border of millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. And I feel like this has been so frustrating for me, especially working in marketing where I'm like the world is changing so fast, especially with social media and, you know, like it's just changing so fast. Technology, everything, it's modernizing. But companies are still run by old white men. And mm. they're not as like woke or like as tapped into how fast things are changing or how things are changing as we are as, you know, fresh new grads. And it can become extremely frustrating and discouraging to show up to work and be like, all I see is opportunity. Like, this is what I learned in school. If we did it this way, it would be so much better. Like, you know, it's so discouraging. And I think that can also cause you to wonder, am I doing the right thing? Like, Mm. is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I thought this was going to be fulfilling, but it's not. Yeah. So that's something to take into into consideration as well as remembering that change is slow. So I think a lot of industries are way behind and what you learn in school can be very modernized. And, you know, at least in my case, it was very much like, this is how you use social media. This is e-commerce, blah, blah, blah. Then you, I started working retail corporate jobs and they were like still way back. They didn't have e-commerce. They didn't have social media, you know, and you're kind of like helping bridge that gap for them, but it takes a long time. And Again, it can become so frustrating and you feel like you don't fit into, you know, that company or you're just frustrated with how slow things go. But it is important to get that experience and learn on the job rather than mm-hmm. just write it off and be like, this isn't for me on to yeah. the next thing. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. the last point we wanted to talk about that was negative I know it sounds very negative, but there are (laughs) positives to the post-grad that we're going to talk about. But the last thing I think we wanted to touch on was how hard it is to maintain friendships when you leave school. Like I had Mm -hmm. a big group of friends when I was in school and it's like, we're going to be friends forever. But then once you're working 40 hours a week and you're living all over the country and it's up to one of you to take the step to organize a night out, you will see how easy it is for friendships to kind of like drift apart. Not to mention, I feel like a lot of people's priorities change. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. when you are done a degree, you go back to school for another 
which is fine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're done, you go and start working. Sometimes when you're done, you go and get married and start having babies. And it's like Mm -hmm. all of these are valid choices to be making, but it can create a disconnect between the different groups of friends because everyone's goals are different. Everyone's priorities are different. And that's just the nature of change, I guess. Yeah, I know. I think it's so easy in school to make friends and be part of these bigger friend groups because like in my case living on campus it was like yeah of course I you know have close friends because I see them all the time and it's just like that proximity friendship but after you graduate friends might start moving and yeah like you said we all just take on different like phases of what's next in life so I definitely think that's worth calling out because again it can feel isolating and be like is it me you know what I mean and I think we have a whole episode about how outgrowing friendships friendships Mm -hmm. evolving is totally normal and like a big part of your 20s that nobody really talks about but I feel like it really starts in that post-grad life when you're no longer seeing your friends day-to-day for classes or running into them into them in the halls at your residence building like yeah you actually have to put in effort to (laughs) maintain these friendships like (laughs) yeah exactly well and then I think we'll end it with maybe talking about some of the positive things that happen when you graduate yeah because it's not all negative in fact it's really really great something we talked about in like a previous episode is how nice it is that When you are working compared to when you're in school, when it hits five o'clock or when it's like, you know, five o'clock on a Friday, you get to stop thinking about work. You're it Mm -hmm. like clocked out. You're ready to enjoy your weekend. Whereas when you're in school, there's always another deadline, always something else you're working towards or could be working on. Yeah. Honestly, no homework is my favorite part of my life like so good. yeah <laughs> my college roommate graduated a semester before me and I was like what do you mean you just come home from work and you can watch Netflix the rest yeah. of the night or what do you mean you're going out for dinner drinks and like all of this stuff on a school night like yeah what and then I experienced it and my sister she's older than me but she's still in school she's like what do you like how do you have so much time and I'm like it's because I don't have homework <laughs> yeah yeah it's it is amazing. Lovely. I love it. Yeah. So, so good. I also think, yes, you have more time. And we were talking about how expensive it is living post-grad. But for me, it is so liberating to make my own money and choose how to spend yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like to be in an apartment where it's like, I've chosen all these things. And yes, it's mm-hmm. taken me years to build it up. But like, it's so liberating to make money and spend it how I want to spend it to create the life I want to live. Like it takes a lot of work to get there. You know, there's obviously lots of ups and downs, but I think when we're talking about, you know, freedom, yeah, freedom, like financial freedom is my favorite, my, my favorite part after no homework. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, on freedom, even I feel like the move from, you know, being in college to graduating is kind of similar to being in high school to going to college because you just suddenly have freedom. Even though Mm. I feel like when you're in college and university, you feel like, okay, I have freedom. I can do whatever I want. It's like, not really. Like you still have RAs and you're still have professors who are checking up on you and that kind of thing. Whereas when you graduate, you are 
purely free. You can do whatever you want. And whether that's like, I'm going to spend my hard earned money on a Dyson air wrap. Like I hope to do one day. Then it's like, <laughs> hell yeah, you earn that money. No one's in charge of you do that. I'm not at that level exactly. yet, but I'm trying to manifest it. And yeah. it, it like applies to everything. Like if it's like, okay, I don't work on a Wednesday, so I'm going to like dance until 7am on a Tuesday night. Like, yeah, you can do that. Literally no one cares because you are a full adult. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I have this fear probably up until recently. My whole 20s have been a fear of making the wrong decision. And it's like when you have that much freedom, I think that fear is very real or you can become overwhelmed because it's like, well, I could do anything. What do I want to do? But if you just set that aside and you're like, I'm just going to live my best life and like – I don't care. Like, I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to do whatever makes me feel happy in the moment. Like that is the way to live life for sure. And like not worrying about making the right or wrong move, just doing things that make you happy. Like do it. Yeah. Because this is a time that you're really starting to live just on your own. And like, you're the only person responsible for your own happiness, which you are already, but like, yeah, you're the one who's going to you're the one to like follow through on those things. You don't have people nagging you. Like you're the one that needs to show up for yourself. So do that and do it by showing up for the things that make you happy. Yeah. Well, the last point I wanted to make was that success when you've graduated looks different than a lettered grade, which I found very freeing because I wanted to be a people pleaser and a perfectionist but could never perform well when it came to like essays or certain type of tests like multiple choice tests and it's like when you're in school your only options for success are performing well in those restrictive boxes whereas Mm -hmm. when you graduate success can look however you want it to be. So if success Mm -hmm. to you is that you get to do yoga every day at 7 a.m., like, do it, achieve it. If your goal is, like, I'm going to work 60 hours a week so that I get to retire when I'm, you know, 40, then, yeah, go do that. But it's, like, you get to choose your own adventure, and success is what you decide it is. Yeah. For Tegan, it's owning a Dyson Airwrap. Like, and I'm not there yet. No, but, but girl, one day. when you are, think of how rewarding and fulfilled you'll feel. You'll be like, I'm successful. I made it. Yeah. If you think I can't stop talking about the Dyson Airwrap now, just wait <laughs> until I've successfully purchased my own. And She's then I will you know. bring it up. Tuesday 10, I'm just going to list that 10 times in a row. <laughs> it's going to be great. Different attachments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that is so true. And I don't think, I think that's even a disconnect between me and my family. Like Mm. my version of success is the fact I can afford to get my nails done every four weeks. We've talked about this. Like it'll be my version of success is because I know like I'm carrying a Kate Spade purse and wearing like $200 jeans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That is how I measure success where you know, no, I don't own a house or have kids or whatever that might be like traditional senses of success. But internally, I feel so fulfilled doing the things that are like define success to me. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. 
Awesome, guys. That's where we're going to leave it today. Again, we try to end it on a high note because I feel like <laughs> there were some <laughs> some like hard facts, you know, just like this is the truth. But I feel it's important to talk about it because it's so easy to share with your friends the highlights in your life, to see those mm-hmm. highlights on social media. And nobody's actually talking about the hardships or how tough and overwhelming it can be being in your 20s, especially your early 20s just graduating. So thank you so much for listening. And we hope this resonated with you guys and you're feeling a little less alone if you're having any of those thoughts. If you want to chat with us more, you can follow us on social media. We're at our golden 20s on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. We also drop Spotify playlists and we have a Patreon community, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. So definitely go check it out. We do drop the episodes early there as well as put out additional resources and content. So it's definitely a fun time, but that is everything for today. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.